This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes uh, podcast. I'm Justin. And I'm Cole. And I'm Peter. Well, here we are. It's a new year and a new Watford so far. One win out of one. That's good, particularly as it precedes some particularly poor results towards the end of last year. But let's not dwell on that. Why have we met this evening, Peter? Because Peter told us to. Yeah, there is that. So I'm just trying to establish... <laughs> Why we're here? This this is going to be a kind of a, a two or maybe even a three parter in some ways. This weekend we've got Reading in the FA Cup, but even more importantly than that, I would suggest the women have got Crystal Palace away in the FA Cup as well, and that's one where we'd like them to progress. I don't think many people are really too worried because of the injuries that we've got, which, as we know, now total something like fourteen after the Norwich game. So what we will start off with, I think, is a little discussion about the fact that the transfer win has now opened and a discussion about some of the names that we've been linked with, some of the names that we might like and who we think, what kind of players we actually need now as the transfer window has opened. We've signed Kone and we have signed uh, Matthias Martins from Blumenense, Matthias Martins, and from Montreal. We did a we did a piece about, about Kone, but a little bit about Martins. He's basically played about 30-odd games for Blumenense. He's, he's a flighty sort of left-winger type chap. He's the kind of person and you would imagine that were we going to sell uh, Yao Pedro, we might have gone for him as well because he's kind of similar ilk same stable comes in and does well the issue is the fact that there is a youth tournament for which he will be likely pulled in for the Brazilian under 20s starting in mid-January so chances are he might start against Reading in said FA Cup match uh, along with Kone he might probably get a further game or some inclusion depending on the number of players we have available against Blackpool and then he'll be probably going back towards South America so the question is who do we want now what kind of players do we want and let's have a look around and see who we think we might get. Before we do that, have you seen Martins? His appearance is rather... Great veneers, great veneers. Flamboyant, shall we say. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, somebody did say he looks like Sue Smith, the woman uh, <laughs> commentator on occasion, and I I do see the resemblance. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, not, not not just in the earrings, but also in the wedged haircut department. Yes, he is very flamboyant. He looks like a darts player. A darts player, really? Yeah, just really? yeah. See him throwing a couple of arrows. I'll tell you what we don't need, in my opinion, in this transfer window, and I've been seeing a lot of it. I don't think we need Dennis back. I don't think we need Decoray back. I don't think we need Will Hughes back personally. <laughs> Oh, well, there's that part of the podcast done. So, let's anyway, see you next week. <laughs> Bye. What do you think? So let's start with Dennis. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do we need goals? Yeah, we do, but he went for a reason, didn't he? Didn't he go for yeah, a reason? But it wasn't it wasn't because he wasn't scoring goals, it's because no, he's an arse. He was a disruptive influence in the dressing room. They, they all cheered when he got sold, didn't they? Well, that's uh, is a tale uh, that we may it's have heard. It's a tale that may or may have not happened, but I I don't know. I just the only club that he can come back to is us. In, Did we sell of... him to Forrest? Or is he on yes. loan? Right. So why is why is, why are we the only club he can come back to? Because that's the rules. In one season, you can only play for two clubs. So he's played for Watford. He's played for Forest. He can only play now this season for one of those two clubs. I had no idea that that was a rule. Did he play against Sheffield United? Yeah, he played he a couple of games, didn't he? he? Played a couple yeah. of games. Yeah. 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 So and and that that is a rule. So he can either go abroad. One of the teams that he's linked with is Olympiacos because they have the same ownership as Boris Man- Mangolis or Manolis, who's basically a Greek uh, manufacturing and also sort of shipping magnet. So he's basically got oodles of cash. So you see people kind of moving between the two in the same way that uh, Zinkenarkel did. Went to Forest, of course, on loan and then ended up at Olympiacos. And now he's in Belgium. But more of Mogi Bayer later. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If, we, if we cast our mind back, though, to this time last year, it was coming up to the African Cup and we all went, oh, what do you you know, Dennis isn't going and it all caused a bit of a hoo-ha and hoodoo came down on us, which we still seem to be kind of We're in. Uh, affected by. Still, still currently <laughs> ongoing, yeah. 599 and a half years left to go on that one. But we were kind of saying he's not the player he was the first half of the season. He he, he didn't actually really kick on. He didn't do very much for the, the second half of the season and sort of left under a damp squid for a huge fee. I personally, myself, do not really want to see Dennis back at Watford just because I, I just don't think he was the right fit to be honest but other opinions he's, are available yeah he's going to split the room definitely and and more more to do with the fact of his disruptive influence I think um, in, in terms of goals and what we need do you know what if Dennis comes back but I, can I don't we have not, a can we not do better than a player that we've sold somewhere else can we not do better than Nick Class- ask Ger- Gerard Delafeo to come back <laughs> With well, with our world class scouting network and our new, he's uh, championship manager. They're going on championship, or they're playing FIFA and they're picking these players off FIFA. I think. I think that's how yeah, the, the scouting network's currently working. The, the the other question is: Is Dennis actually facilitating bringing money in for Ishmael Assar? Mm. I.e., who has got money in the Premiership and who is willing to spend, and therefore they've got something there. It could be a a, a make weight for us. I'd, but, I'd seen suggestion that it would be a loan until the end of the season. Well, would Saar no. want to go to Forest? I'm not disparaging Forest, but would Saar want to go to Forest? What, with the free spending, high wages and premiership football that they've currently got? Currently got. They've pulled away to the, the... I mean, I know they're still in the relegation zone, but Southampton are bottom, and I, I think they're sort of second from bottom now. There's a way to sell it. Is it the premiership team that he would want? No. Are Nottingham Forest a bigger club than Watford? I would say absolutely they are, and historically they are. Two times European Cup winners and you know one-time league champions as well. I, I would suggest that it would be an upward move for him. Would he probably be better going somewhere like Newcastle? Yes, but do they want him? Probably not. He has not set the world alight since 2019 when he signed. So he's going to have to take the best he can get. By All, all of the reports were that all parties were in agreement that if the right 
offer was coming in that suited all parties, he would move. I mean, that's talk about the bleeding obvious, but, you know, of course they will do. <laughs> the question is, if Forrest have got a certain amount of money and we go, OK, we've got that, what can we do to sweeten the deal? And we still want goals. Now, bearing in mind, I go back to Rich WFC 2's comment last season when we asked him for a market out of 10 for his season. He said, well, Emmanuel Dennis makes things happen. That was his wording on it, and he was absolutely spot on. Ten goals, six assists. He can do that. He could be useful. Is he a social hand grenade in the dressing room? Absolutely. The question comes back down to, really, Slavin Bilic, do you want somebody who's going to be potentially a star in the dressing room, but not actually in the dressing room, actually in his own mind, and upset the dressing room because... You might have actually, after Norwich, got some cohesion, some teamwork and be moving in the right you know, the right way. But the club are probably looking at it going, we need to go on a run. Who yep. could possibly facilitate that run and who great. could we bring in? Great. Uh, great. But why buy back a player that you sold six months ago? Let's try and find something somewhere else, surely. There must be somebody else out there that would do a job that isn't going to disrupt the, the dressing room. We already know what Dennis is like. You know, why would we go back for that? I just It's just a bit like, you know, everyone going, oh, you're not going to go out with that girl again. I remember the trouble you had last time. And, oh, it'll be fine. We absolutely, you know. And then, of course, it isn't. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just... Well, let's, let's look at the options. One of the players that we've been linked with since the start of the season, it would require a player swap with Cameron Archer. The suggestion has been for a long time now, regardless of Saar regardless of who else is playing on the other side, Semmer or, or Yao Pedro or in the hole, whoever, that we need a sniffer. We need somebody who's really a goal poacher. And the one that we were linked with was Cameron Archer, who is at Aston Villa. Now, the latest reports on Archer are that Middlesbrough, who have suddenly ignited again under, um, under oh, what's his chops? Mowbray, um, is it Mowbray up there? No, 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 no. Mowbray's at Sunderland. Oh, crikey. Michael Carrick. Carrick. Crikey, I'll get it there in the end. Carrick. So Michael Carrick took about four weeks deciding on whether or not he wanted to go to Middlesbrough, probably because he's a, a Geordie at heart. Finally has done, and they have jumped up. They're in, they're in what, sixth place at the moment, when they were pretty much nowhere under Wilder. But he's, he's made a good start. Steve Gibson is a hell of a chairman as far as I'm concerned because he's one he saved the club and he's bankrolled them a number of times and going and getting somebody like Cameron Archer plus a couple of other players we'll talk about in a minute are being heavily linked with Middlesbrough because they've got momentum they've got a player that people might look at and go oh he, he's done quite well in his 10 minutes at Middlesbrough so far so we'll see so Cameron Archer has been linked with them but we know that last summer Cameron Archer was linked with us he was linked to go back to Preston again he was linked with QPR he hasn't played any football he would be certainly somebody I would rather us see go for the situation that I mentioned with Dennis is simply if it's a make weight deal with with, with Saar going there and if there are no other takers and the decision has been made to move him on and he's also on 63 grand a week as Saar so there may be some uh, some some ideas about getting him off the uh, the wage bill with that as well. Anyway what about the, the reports about Decore and Hughes as well because Decore was a fantastic player let's let's not uh, deny it but he's now three years older than he was when he left us. What's he been like since he's been at Everton? Has he been brilliant while he's been at Everton? I mean, I definitely could do with him back in midfield. But again, I, I put it to you, there must be players out there that we can bring in that we haven't had previously. Decore, I think, is a different kettle of fish to, to Dennis. I think Decore is a player that's gone to Everton, had a maybe one half, one season of good football with he Everton. Had a, he, had a, he had a decent first yeah, season. Yeah, and, and then has fallen away through, through injury or, or, and, and Everton as a club are struggling with everything, I think, which is excellent news, by the way. i just like to add. Well, yeah, hope they get, I'm hoping to hope see they get that. I'm hoping to see that guy who's got all that blue smoke all over him smoking yeah, a cigar yeah. again like we saw <laughs> last year. So, he was great, he was. So him as a returning 
playing saviour for our midfield isn't something that really, you know, I would I would be on side with. Will Hughes, however, I don't know. He, you know, he left in a in in a bit of a, a cloud as well. You know, Paolo Vanazza alleged offer of a contract which was not signed and and so forth. Again, a player that hasn't really featured on the Patrick Vieira. So in in terms of bodies, great. Yeah, I get all that. But I, I think you're absolutely right with the core. There's better players out there. Will he's he's going to be another fence splitter, isn't he? I think. Well, I think so. I mean, he was a bit of a fence splitter anyway when he was with us because he wasn't mm. getting, you know, he wasn't regularly starting for, for for quite a long time. And was he all that in the prem? Probably not. I I don't know. I just think it's it's a mistake to go back to. I don't think I can't think of any really successful kind of. We had them back for a second time, unless you discount. And I, I can see Peter rearing up here. Unless you, <laughs> unless you, unless you discount. Hold on, I'm pushing my eyebrows back down again. Go on. <laughs> I can see where you were. You're going to go. Hang on a minute. Unless you discount the likes of Luther. It, but you know, did 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 Helgerson have a massively successful second period with us? Was Tommy Smith the player that we had first time round, the second time round? I, I I don't know. I really don't know. I, I I always prefer to see new blood coming in rather than old players. But that that's my thing. Matty Vidra. Matty, oh. Matty Vidra is a bit of a different thing though because he. he oh oh, it's a different oh. kind of well, second. He wasn't one. away for quite as long as he. He wasn't away for as long as he. I don't think what? he was kind of only away for oh. a little bit, wasn't he? Oh, he's only away for a year. That's oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the twelve month <laughs> sabbatical rule. Sorry, it's the, I'm making it up as I go along. We do a lot yeah. of that here. We yeah. don't, we don't set the rules out, you know, in stone before we start chatting it through. <laughs> We've gotten down a cul-de-sac here, I feel. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry. I've got, I've got the ban in reverse because I'm going to disagree with you about both Takure and about Hughes. I would take them both. Would you One take big... them both? Even though Takure is three years older than when he was last playing for us. Yeah, and we're talking about taking them back on loan until the end of the season. We've talked ad nauseum, although we'll probably end up doing more shortly, no doubt, about the financial situation and what we don't have next season is the parachute money because that's that's gone walkabout. Gone. We don't have a huge amount there. We have a short term. It's got injury. walkabout. It's a great <laughs> choice of words. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Someone left the gate it's open. It's, uh, it's not in the safe. It's <laughs> gone walkabout. That money was ring fenced in the Graham Simpson main stand sensibly. Oh, yes, yes, so yes. It was, yeah, it's, it's gone somewhere else. Somewhere, somewhere where it was, it is no longer. So we've got a short term problem in midfield. We've, let's face it, we've, we've got the equivalent of the bubonic play in the centre of the park. Bring so to have dead. two players back, to have two players back who have got points to prove between now and May, so it's literally four months and that's kind of it, no bad thing. For us to turn around and go, oh, I think there are better players than Decore, I, I, I kind of get your point because you're going, well, Decore now versus Decore then, but if you could get 80% of what we had from Decore at his best, bloody hell. You talk about Will Hughes and say, but he didn't play for a long time. Do you know why? Because we didn't know what the fucking hell we bought. He was bought and he was played, played out of position, as a wide he? left mid, yeah. as, as a wide left winger. What? It was ridiculous. Got to acknowledge when we put him into that defensive midfield position, which was first done by Nigel Pearson in that really kind of good run prior to uh, the the outbreak of COVID. Different different entity altogether. And the same thing when he came back from injury, he was absolutely the, the catalyst for us basically going on that large run, the likes of which we'd need to improve on to get into the automatic position. I would welcome them back on the basis that it's a short term thing. We, we, we might be bringing in and taking a risk on their wages for the short term, but there's no long term risk. We don't go up. We haven't got the long tail of those wages and we can cut a cloth accordingly. 
after the end of hopefully the playoff final, shall we say, but, um, but argu- whether or not we'd be able to take them or not. Arguably, they were playing with a better team at the time as well in terms of players. You had you had your Delafeos and your Capoos and your um, again. You're looking at me quizzically, Peter. Well, well, yeah, no, I'm just wondering what do you want to do? Do you want to sign a whole new team for them to play alongside? In which case, tell me who you want. Yes, of course. We well, can had we a just team, can we just phone right. up? Can we phone up Udinese and just say, can we have our players? Back, <laughs> Yeah, or do you want some of ours? That would that, yeah. would, that would make it a lot easier. We have swapsies. Today, Peter's face has been brought to you by the word quizzical. Quizzical, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of those three kicked about, if you like. They're rumours at this stage anyway. So, they are um, indeed. It's, 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 you know, as likely as a rumour can be, which... Is often I, I think money. I think there's a lot of players that we've been we've been linked with. I mean, the, the one I I think half the championships trying to sign is Cameron Archer from uh, from Aston Villa. Yeah, you, um, you missed that bit when we were talking about that when you went off camera a bit. Oh, sorry, were you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, really? Oh yeah. shit! All right. Well, today today's sponsor is back in time. Well, we were we, we were talking about him whilst uh, whilst Carl was on the toilet. Always I was having nice. I was I was having a slash. Yeah, I do apologise. <laughs> Well, it's good to come back there. Oh, look at this for a segue. Let's jump back in there. Yeah, he's been heavily linked with Middlesbrough. We were talking about Michael Carrick when I could finally remember who Michael Carrick was. That wasn't that was one of my senior moments back again. One of the other players that we've been linked with and who's been really impressive in terms of even when we've had a fit midfield has been a progressive passer, somebody who can actually get us ticking. Not dissimilar to, to, to Will Hughes in terms of forward progressive passing. And that's Dan Barlazer, who is at Rotherham. Now, he is basically, his his contract expires at the end of the season. So they're looking to kind of move him on for a cheap fee just to get something before he can go. And again, Middlesbrough are looking at him. He's been somebody that uh, on the spaces, a number of people, including uh, Greg Wendover and also Lou Orns has called out as being, you know, a really good player to bring in when we were at full strength in terms of what we got, because we just don't have that progressive player who can kind of get things moving, start really creating the tempo. And I think really as a replacement for somebody like KMB he was being looked at but of course we do have Kone now but I would definitely be uh, be looking at him but again another one linked to Middlesbrough we have had a couple of fullback mentioned haven't we one of them is an American guy um, Bello Bello that's the chap. He's only oh, no, 20. No, I just want you to bellow. Go on, just oh, okay. shout. He's only shout. 21. No, he's only 21. I think only just 21. I think he was 21 a couple of days ago. So quite young, presumably a a prospect. Um, we've got that. We've got the link with the forgive me, Hibernian centre back as yes. well. Ryan Porteous, yeah, Porteous, yeah. yeah. So so bellow is yeah. He's a, he's a US left back. Would he be an instant requirement? No. But again, we come back to what's leaving us at the end of the season. Kamara, so they might be bringing him in. They might not think that there's quite enough in James Morris, depending on how things go, but also for for next season as well. Ryan Porteous has been playing for Hibs uh, for a little while and has got up into the kind of Scottish under 21s uh, and the like and has been quite well considered. The tall, imposing centre back could do well. He's been linked though, which which actually makes me think there's probably even more truth in the rumour because again, he's been linked with Udinese. Um, uh, okay. Oh. And this is one of the things where actually having a 
sister club could potentially work for us because people will sign for them because they're not in any danger of not being top flight. So sign for them, cove across to Watford, and then you go back again. Mm. You know, if we're not up, if you are, you've got your shot at the Premiership. So perhaps, do we need a tall, imposing centre-back? Mm-hmm. We do. Mm-hmm. Is that the guy that we low-balled with an insulting offer and Hibbs told us basically to piss off a couple of seasons ago? <laughs> so, is, is that something like no. us? No, no, oh, actually, no, you're, you're thinking of, uh, of Doig, who was the left-back, um, right, okay. who I wasn't very keen on, but we never made an offer him. You're, you're mixing him also up. We went and insulted a number of Scottish people at the time. <laughs> we did. It, it, it was Lewis Ferguson, who was yeah. a oh, Aberdeen. midfielder at yeah, Aberdeen, yeah. and we went in and offered two and a half million, and I think their response was, now I don't speak fluent Scottish, but I think it was get to fuck, <laughs> uh, which didn't sound very positive. <laughs> no, no, that move didn't happen, did it? No. And he's since moved out to Bologna. In uh, in Italy, and he's uh, he's uh, by all accounts doing pretty reasonably well out there, you know. So he was a good technical player, but he'd also got a bit of a thunder bastard shot on him, and was was good at set pieces. Yeah, who knew? Who knew we could have done with that kind of midfielder? Eh? Well, thunder thunder bastard shot. There yeah, we are. Exactly. That's a t-shirt if ever. I... Yes, if ever I saw one. Yeah. And in talking of fullbacks, right back called Jao Ferreira, apparently done. Done deal. That's a done deal, is it? Yeah. By all, by all accounts, he's in the building. Has it been reported it's, and confirmed? It's not a uh, picture of him holding a shirt, but it, it's the excellent Mr. French saying it's it's done. Okay. Do we know anything about him or Benfica uh, prospect? That's all I need to know. That's, that, that's, that's good enough for you, is it? That's, that's I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll take that, will you? Uh, do we think that it was um, our new scout that may have made this happen with her links with Benfica, or is this? Does this predate her or? Uh, allegedly, this is her first sort of bit right. of work that she's done. Okay. Well, uh, she she was the. Um, I, I mentioned this a little bit on the spaces. She was actually. Uh, she's got a coaching background. I mean, she was the Benfica youth coach from Frikey, sort of like ninety seven to two thousand and ten. It was a, it was the biggest kind of uh, period she's been at one particular uh, club. And so she has got very, very good connections with the development side of it. He has played most of his football for Benfica B. Now, Rain don't forget, we, we've heard... I we've don't heard like it where they've got teams with Bs on the end. When they've yeah. got letters on the end, it's not good, is it? Benfica no. B. He played one game for Benfica, but he has played... Uh, he's been out on loan at uh, uh, Guimaraes and Rio Ave, who both play again in, in Liga Nosh in the uh, in the Portuguese League. Seems to be a, a, a reasonable prospect. He's only 21. He's also six foot one, so you know that those aren't aren't bad things. But yes, it looks like Helena Costa has most likely kind of influenced this. He's also played uh, along all of the Portuguese kind of development stuff, so she she should have known all about him. Okay. I, I kind of feel that I, with this transfer market, and I've said this on the spaces, and I think in a, in a podcast, this is one of the most important ones the Potsos have had if not the most important one uh, in terms of where we are as a club. And I think some of the, whatever business they've got to do, and I don't know what the free transfer market looks like and who's out there. Unfortunately, Messi is staying at Paris Saint-Germain. So that that, that one's gone to cock. Well, you thought um, he was coming to Vicarage Road, did you? Well, I mean, it, it, seemed, a, it seemed a, a realistic, no, it seems a realistic sort of travel <laughs> Oh, right, uh, I see. Period for him, yeah. yeah. You know, Barcelona, yeah. Paris Saint Germain, Watford. Yeah, it's yeah, just, exactly. It's like the side of, of a trotter's there. van. That is, mate. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> great, great only fools and horses reference there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I just feel that the the players they've got to bring in have, have got to really get going from the moment they arrive. You know, we can't have... Well, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Pl- yeah, and I, and, and I suppose Peter's right. The core, 
would slip straight back in. Will Hughes would slip straight back in. Dennis straight back in. So that there's another added aspect to that. You know, these young players, even Kone, that we're, the two lads we're bringing in now, the Brazilian lad as well, stupid name and stupid teeth. Um, <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't know. He offends me, actually, when he smiles. I'm going to say that as well. He actually offends me. Have you noticed how we turn on these players the moment they're in? The solution is always the player we haven't got. It's the yeah. one who's injured or the one we haven't signed. Yeah. We sign him, you look like Sue Smith and you've got stupid teeth. Well, yeah, very flamboyant, man. He hasn't say. even played. No, I know. No, I know. No, no. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be, he'll be going up onto the Bio Hall of Fame if... Uh, oh, if, the if Bio scores, Hall of Fame. If he yeah. scores one. Goal, the yeah. crow, yeah, the bio hall of fame, the what? crow and sharky or jaws, whatever I want to call him. I'll nickname him something, yeah, okay, yes. The hall of fame that's got one resident in it and probably will be yeah. closed after that as well. <laughs> um, it's gonna be short lived, it is gonna be short lived. Although, I, I do like the fact that you're carrying on this pretense that you picked him out as a bit of a gem at the beginning of the season where all that's happened is he's been lucky by mistake, of, yeah, because I forgot <laughs> yeah. about Chowdhury. Exactly. I think the fact you're keeping that on is quite admirable. I have, I have to stick I have to stick with it. I have no other choice. Yeah, I know. Although if we always play him in a black and white shirt, then maybe, maybe there's something to that because he's been pretty decent in a black and white shirt. His, but, uh, his goals to game ratio is good. Yeah, Can't yeah, argue he's played, with it. played three and scored three or something. What, can I, what, what more do you want? <laughs> he scored four goals, but three of them he scored in the in the third kit. So, you know, he's just far more comfortable when he's dressed up like a zebra, which is fine. Which you is wait, fine. Newcastle United will be in with a £15 million bid. And any. they can have him. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we go any further, um, we did make mention of a certain Belgian agent at the, at the top of the, the podcast, and there has been some news today. Uh, mm. Apparently, not a cutting all ties with him want nothing to do with him wash their hands of him etc etc I did read the article which was in the Watford Observer the gist of it is and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't wish to be sued for libel or anything like that that there were sort of 12 people involved in this and the courts have decided that if it was going to be more than two years inside or something that a financial deal could be made to avoid that I believe that some of those people have done that and paid this fine but there are some remaining that haven't done that one of which is Mogi am I on the right line with that you're on the right lines another who is also still on the hook for this is Mehdi Bayat Mogi Bayat's brother who's the managing director of Charlois who we signed the aforementioned Crow a vacuum bio from for 4.3 million euros more than he'd signed for them the day before that doesn't sound nothing to see here (laughs) move along yeah yeah that doesn't sound Um, off at all well there's also there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, I can't remember what they've called it it's like a the the, it's it's a whole kind of Bell foot or something like that. It's Belgium football scandal. It's just, yeah. it's just rocking the whole country. But uh, yeah, there's match yeah, fixing and all sorts yeah. front and centre. Yeah, good old Moog. So uh, yeah, again, we've tied ourselves with someone of irrefutably good character there. So yeah, that remains to be seen what happens with that and and how we progress I guess with having Mogi hanging around but he always seems to be in a director's box so he seems to be good friends with our owners. The player I thought I would mention because the last game prior to the World Cup was down at Bristol City and it was fucking awful. Ooh, that was a day it out. Was, it was It was an awful day. Terrible. And Dan Gosling went down with an injury and, and all sorts but the one thing that I thought was, was good that day was in the Bristol City midfield was a guy called Alex Scott. Great player. Who 
got around everywhere and just kind of shut things down. Not the Alex Scott who, you know, presents everything on the BBC these days, but he's only about he's only about nineteen or what have you. And he was he was just into everything. He was he was quick, he was tidy, he he was good at both sides of the game. He was awful to us when we when we'd actually got the ball, which we didn't keep for long, if you'll remember the Bristol City game. Mm. And when they got it, he moved it progressively and then he ran he ran very hard. Now I haven't seen anything connecting us with him. If I would go and get him before he leaps a level in terms of value because I think anybody who gets him when he's 19 when he's 21 he will be bombing it in the Premier League yeah there's there's another player Bristol City have got as well who has the one of the worst names in football which is Nan Noah Masingo and he's he's a, a, a another young kid at Bristol City but really good prospect and he's another player I would definitely go and uh, rattle their uh, their pockets for and good luck coming up for a chant for him uh, on an away day. Yeah, hang. No, it's done, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no not, you're not Nasinga anymore, or something. I, I, I imagine would be the. He, he's right up there with Arsene Wenger for me singing the uh, the lion theme, the, the lion <laughs> tune, the lion king thing. He, come on! And every time the commentator said Masenga, Arsene Wenger, my family dear. really hate me because I do that every time. I yeah, he's, so. and he's quite a good player. But yeah. but yeah, you'd have him just for that. I agree. Described, described as a wonder kid, but obviously that's the the, the dumb thing. I, the guy I do want to talk about, who I know we're not going to get, but I think we all saw him in the flesh, and every one of us was impressed with him. And I can't say his name because again, it's stupid. Is the Coventry striker Gikores or something? Yes, him. But he's been, yeah, he's being linked with. I mean, a couple of Premier League clubs that look like they're going to come down. One being Mr. Nathan Jones of Southampton. But I, I mean, he's a player I would love to get hold of. Bearing in mind Coventry's financial position. So where, where does he play? I, give you. I can't remember where he plays. He, he was a forward of some sort, wasn't he? Yeah, he was there. He basically played on his own up front, but he's got he's got pace. He's got enough height to be able to retain it. I think he's about 6'1", but he was a threat going in behind as well as able to come and get it and good technical feet to play for short. And he's also got a bit of pace. He got absolutely everything. He is absolutely destined for the Premier League because mm. I couldn't see much that he didn't have in his locker. No, I, I think he He'll be going for a pretty penny, and I imagine somebody will probably come in and snuffle him for about twenty-five million, um, unless it's Everton, in which case, obviously, they'll negotiate and bump it up to forty because they're wankers. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are, we also, are we a little bit like in that. danger as well with some of these signings not being kind of homegrown, quote unquote? That we are still going to be forcing out players like Akoya from sitting on the bench even or uh, you know because we were all about the well you know we probably need to get some more homegrown players because we're excluding players we should be playing or at least putting on the bench but you know an american left back and a brazilian you know forward mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. on and so forth we're not really going homegrown with any of these guys are we maybe we do need will hughes that's why barlays so that's why will hughes are you have you got reasonable expectations for this window then peter I, I think carl's absolutely right this is the biggest transfer window that the pozzo family have had because of the restrictions with the non-homegrown players etc they've got to do something more than just you know as, as greg says 31st of january ship a load over from Udinese. They've got to try to do more than that. The appointment yeah. of Manga, the appointment of Helena Costa would suggest that they know, probably similar to Nantes, that they might need to be shuffling away from Mr. Mogi by at any time soon and can't necessarily rely on him. It also indicates that actually, you know what, we've not been getting the best out of the Pozzo network. We need to do something to refresh it. We need to do something. And I've, a point I've tried to stress with Manga was there were two players that at the start of the last premiership season we were linked with, which 
was Bore, who was with River Plate at the time in Argentina, who was up for a free. He went. We know we were in for him, but we also know he went to Eintracht Frankfurt because Manga went and not only knew he was there, he managed to do the negotiation and pull him in and bring him in. The same thing with a guy called Randall Colo Muani, who I did uh, as, as um, You Wants TV. I was doing a thing called Transfer Talk at the time, looking through all the things, sim- kind of similar to this, only only with, with less use of the word. And he was... <laughs> He was he was like, oh, right, this guy we're in for, this is really interesting. Colo Muani ended up going to Eintracht Frankfurt. Also, Colo Muani came on in, in the second half of the World Cup final and got one of the goals and scored the winning goal in the semi-final. I mean, that spotting talent, because nobody quite knew that he was there at that point. He was still young, he was still raw, but he went, no, we'll have that. You can imagine what he's going to end up moving for. If they brought somebody in who can also help get the get the job done so yeah fingers crossed they've they've got to do something but as you say there's a lot of hurdles there's the non-homegrown versus the homegrown there's you know kind of whatever money we've got but it's so important this year because next year the money starts to starts to seize up i would suggest well Mm. i I think we've spoken a lot the the words that's been bandied around a lot this evening is young prospect i don't think we need young prospects i think we need to quote Andrew French, nuts and bolts players that will get stuck in, that will show a bit of leadership, that know the championship and then can scrap at this level because we haven't got anyone like that in our team, really, that I can think of. We, we did. I mean, Dan Gosling, Tom Cleverley, perhaps both sustained very long-term injuries. There's no captain out there at the moment that I can see. We need to bring in someone with a bit of fight to lead the team or, I don't know, hand it on to someone else, but God knows who. We're all pissed off with... Will Hughes because he went off to Palace and we haven't really liked Palace very much because you know ever since you know Ian Holloway and cup semi-finals and playoff finals and yeah 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 and also their Crystal Palace nobody likes Crystal Palace he went there if he comes back on loan and you take the captain's armband and he plays a, a you know he gets us going as he did then even if it's just until loser comes back and starts doing the same people will chant his name straight away they will that's what we need yeah, yeah so maybe I've changed my mind on Hughesy then because that's that's the sort of player that we need. Uh, somebody who knows the championship that can lead the team. That's, that's what we need. You know, I, I don't know. I'm going to throw a player out there and I'm going to get lambasted for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Ooh, and he's hang gonna... on, I'll sit comfortably and get myself sorted. <laughs> Carry on. There's a player defensively. Now, I don't know his injury status, so I might get lambasted on that as well. And, and then I'm sure somebody will tell me. But he hasn't played in a very long time for Manchester United. He's a player that represented his country. He's a player that's very low on confidence, has got a point to prove. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you Phil James. Oh, there's complete fucking silence. I wasn't expecting I mean, that is... I mean, Peter's now... Hmm. Phil, Phil Jones was described by Alex Ferguson. So we go back all the way to when Alex Ferguson was playing as as a potential best player in the world. And he went to Manchester has, United and got quite lived up to that. Absolutely <laughs> ruined because he failed to progress. Would he be useful? No, but it does remind us of another player we have been linked with, which is uh, Twanzebe. Yes. The, uh, the, the young centre back. But again, it's you know, but he's had he's had a right old injury kind of issue as well. Uh, Phil Jones was linked with us in the last in the last window, but he's now. I thought he would be probably a free agent. Is he still with Man United? Yeah, he's still on their squad. I, I, he's still on their still squad, on the squad list. list. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his contractual status is. He might be coming to the end, but yeah, just a player that I I was uh, doing some research, believe it or not, for this this here recording. So I thought I'd you know he was track. remarkable. He was remarkable at Blackburn. 
Yeah. And I appreciate that there will be lots of people going, Phil Jones played for Blackburn. But, you know, yeah. Before he went to United, that's where he was, and he was absolutely pulling up trees. So, again, yeah, maybe, but it's more of a body being brought in than anything else. Mm. Can I just say something, please? Um, Peter has said on two occasions on during this recording, Carl is absolutely right. If you edit this and cut those out, <laughs> I'll be fuming. <laughs> 4th of January, everybody. 4th of January, Carl has said two intelligible things. <laughs> Note the date. Yeah. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This weekend is an FA Cup weekend. We are away at Reading at the Auto Trader Medeski Blue White. Select Paul car leasing, Reading is it Stadium. Yeah. Oh, whatever Who it knows? is. Who knows? It's a tidy enough stadium, but it's a bit of a white elephant now there, you know, sitting there in the in the in the in the championship. So we shall see what happens. But I would imagine that uh, we will be putting out a heavy representation from the under twenty one side, I would hope, because until we've got people secured to come in for to play on the fourteenth, ideally, I don't really want to see us risking anybody for the for the for the league position. It's more important to go for that rather than to try to extend ourselves with an all already injury-ravaged elderly midfield. <laughs> it's elderly midfield and squad in general. Am I wrong? Do you guys want to go for a cut run? No. No, not this season. I, I, do you know what? If we didn't have the injury situation, and you've just nailed it there, if we didn't have the injury situation that we've got, yeah, I'd, I'd expect us to put out a decent side against, against Reading. But with, with our league position where it is and, and the injuries, and like you say, imagine putting our two new guys out and they get absolutely smashed by Paul Wince's offspring. It, it would it'd just be a nightmare, wouldn't it? So, yeah, I, I am going to the game, but... You know, I had little or no hope of winning at Norwich, and I'll, I'll, I'm not. I don't care. At the Reading, it's just going to be a day out. I I wonder whether the FA Cup still got the gleam that it had. Maybe oh, it has. Do you think so? It has. Yeah, I love the FA Cup. Let's not get into this debate. I love the FA Cup. This that, that I still think it has. The problem with the FA Cup, and will always be at the moment now, is that is the money. It is all about Champions League, Premier League, stuff like that. I think if if the if they want to if the, if you want to stop that argument, make the FA Cup a Champions League spot or Both Champions League, yeah, 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 rather than rather than the Premier League. I, I just feel it is magical. You know, it's the only it happens every year. Every year without fail, there's there's a massive upset, and, yeah, that, and that's the beauty of it. Of course, but that's in the early rounds, isn't it? That's round three, round four. You don't tend to see all the shot get into the final and then. No, but Liverpool. there's been a, you know, I remember Chesterfield getting to the semi-finals against Middlesbrough in 90, 
seven, I'm going to say. I've just pulled that out of the air. That could be right there. <laughs> so researchers, please look at that now. Um, uh, in fact, playing for Chesterfield was... Dice? Yes, correct. Was that not the league? Was that not the league cup semi final? No, that was the FA Cup. That was the FA Cup. Yes, wow. I, yeah. Oh, because it was at uh, it was Old Trafford. Wasn't Old it, Trafford. Where they played it. Yes, it was. Quite right. Yeah. Brilliant. Good. Yeah. Good. Oh, good. I, I, Look at this. Three times, Hugo. Three times. I know. Fourth I'm of January is now going to be known as Carlos Day. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Do you think the the FA Cup still got its gleam, Peter? It's still a you know as magical as it was back in the eighties, seventies, eighties. No, it, it it isn't, and it can't be. But I'll explain why. In the seventies and the eighties, the FA Cup final was almost the only football that was shown live on TV. This is the true. occasional England game. This is true. Um, always the England Scotland game in the in the home nations. So every every bugger watched it. They started the coverage about ten past yeah, nine yeah, yeah. in the morning, <laughs> yes. and you would go all the way through, and the game would kick off at three, and you'd have some ratty old comedians, you know, like oh Christ, we had Michael Barrymore talk about <laughs> talk about Hall of Shame there, um, <laughs> and it was a massive TV event when there wasn't wall to wall football coverage. The other problems are the fact that, as you say. It's not as important as other things. Other things have become more relevant and they've gone past it. There's a reason why you won't have the the FA Cup as getting the the fourth or the fifth spot or whatever it is in the Champions League. It's one because it goes completely against what the Champions you know, League or the UEFA want to do, which is only have the big clubs. And the whole point of the FA Cup is anyone could win it. See Coventry, see Wimbledon for details. Whereas there's always a chance that a smaller club could have, you know, Pereira, if you'd buried it, who knows? We will never know. So all of those forces are stopping about are stopping it. Where it does can still contain the absolute magic, and Justin, you mentioned it there in the early rounds, is because it goes out to all, including the non-league clubs as well. The the prize money for getting through the qualifying stages often bankrolls a, a club's whole season. A, a number of clubs, you know, getting through to the fourth qualifying round is massive. I was at Aylesbury United when we got through to the first round proper, first time in ages. We went up to Port Vale. They they did us 3-0. We scored a goal, which they got disallowed. VAR was not included around then. But that was that that made a fortune for the club at the time. It was it was a real cash cow. So it's got an awful lot of interest at the, the bottom end of the, the pyramid, if you will. And then for other teams who are coming into the later rounds, I, I I think it really starts to be kind of interesting when you're suddenly looking at maybe the round of 16, maybe the quarterfinal. It, once once we've beaten, what, what round did we beat QPR? Um, quarterfinal. quarterfinal. Yeah. No, 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 Palace was the quarterfinal. Ra- round of six, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when you're suddenly thinking, hold on, we're two or three games away from, from Wembley here because suddenly you're going to Wembley for the semi-final. Don't like now, it. Does that don't work like that. or does it not? I no, don't know. Don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, but, that's a big, big gripe of mine. Would would that win against Wolves have been as magical at Villa Park? Would that goal that De La Faire yeah. scored be as magical at Villa Park as it, it was at it, Wembley? Maybe not on the in the sense of we did it at Wembley, but it certainly would have made that trip to Wembley against Man City more special because that that should be what the final is. The final should be about Wembley. The semi-finals, I, I think, should go back to a neutral ground. I, I remember we talked about it the other day at Southampton at Villa Park, where we should have we should have mm. won. You know that that was we had the whole whole end. It was brilliant, brilliant day out. 
Yeah, but then um, there was the, the when we lost to United in 2006, it was a massive journey up there. The game wasn't particularly good. Massive journey back. Would have been nice just to go to Wembley. It's not massive, is it? That's, I mean, <laughs> Birmingham. Well, <laughs> okay, but now, but right, okay, so what year was that, Peter? Help me. What year was that Manchester United game? 2006, that was. Yeah, right. 2006. Okay, so, so 2007. Manchester. 2006, 2007, wasn't it? No, yeah. was it? Okay, all right, yeah, right. 2006, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, play, we were playing Manchester United. We're Watford, so they've got to find a happy medium there. But if we were playing, I don't know, Southampton, the semi-final, I, I, I disagree with that going to Villa Park because that made no sense to me. That could have gone to, at the time, Highbury. Was it Highbury then? or White Hart Lane or Highbury. White Hart Lane. Or, and, and now, especially with the, you know, the Tottenham's ground now and some of, the, some of the other grounds around the country, semi-finals at the Emirates would be would be brilliant, you know, if we were playing Southampton or someone someone down here. It'd be excellent. I, I just think it takes a little bit of magic away from the final that you've you've played there already at the semis. And I, that's my rant over. Thank you. I do, I do love the fact that train enthusiast, as we know, Justin. <laughs> no, it's no, a bit no. far. London <laughs> Underground yeah, fan. Let's, let's I, get this. I've never known anybody who's so enthusiastic about trains in general, London transport rubbish, right? Uh, who then goes, oh, but that's a slightly longer transport. I hate that entirely with my entire being. <laughs> Only because we drove yeah. up there and it was a pain in the ass to get home from. And, you know, look after your car, mister. No. <laughs> oh, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Final final point. Would I would I be hoping that we'd go on a cup run if we got, uh, uh, let's, let's face it, the injuries make a bloody good starting lineup. They do. You know, it's you can make a, almost a full match day squad. Yeah, just a great side. Yeah, it's a brilliant side. <laughs> yes. If we got them, I would be sitting there pointing out the fact that Paul Ince is involved and therefore he should be put to the sword repeatedly. But we know where we are and that that's the reason why no i love the fa cup and i want to see it continue on sunday the ladies go to a team who've been mentioned a number of times crystal palace in the uh, in the in the women's fa cup it was to be played prior to christmas but again the snow and everything they were they were down there ready to play and i think i think it's being played at bromley i'm not sure because each team kind of often plays at a different ground rather than their home ground but they they were down there ready to play there was there was kind of you could see it was snowing they were out there doing the warm ups all the pictures were going up and it's kind of ready to sit and then they kind of cancelled it with literally about five minutes prior to kickoff, which must be gutting to go all that way to well Bromley, not Croydon, but you know still bad enough. Yeah, um, and then to go so that gets played. So very very good luck to the uh, uh, to, to the women's team on Sunday. Yes. So you were saying considering going. So is that is that Bromley again? Is it Peter or is it is it? I, I think I think it's Bromley because I think that I'm pretty sure that's where Crystal Palace play there their games. It's just whether or not in the FA Cup they kind of, whether or not they switch it. I doubt very much if they will do, but I'm just going to have a quick look. Because I remember talking to uh, Helen Ward and Poppy Wilson after the match, talking about the Crystal Palace game, saying you're playing them next. That seems like a very, very long time ago. That was well, it was because of course we've had the um, we've had we've had Christmas in the interim, and they were they were literally down there. There's there's pictures on the on their Facebook group of them all warming up, getting ready to play, and kind of uh, the snow coming down around them. And in the end, it just got literally pulled in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, it's Bromley. <laughs> They're playing at Hayes Lane, Bromley, which is Bromley Football Club. So yeah. that's going. That's going to be uh, that's going to be where the game is at. That's quite a drive, probably. Though is that on the outskirts or in Kent? Am I right in saying it's that's it's way? it's heading out that way, but it's and it's a two o'clock kickoff. So uh, so yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll have a look. I'll I'll make a decision. See, quite. So that there may or may not be a live commentary coming from uh, Hayes Lane on Sunday. Oh, I, I, oh, oh, yes, that's true. Well, they might not have a ladder. 
or indeed a, uh, a, a an aperture an aperture narrow enough for me to squeeze through uncomfortably. Uh, you never know. We'll, we'll make inquiries for you. Huge thanks to our patrons. Colin Payne. Gary Wood. Carl Campion. Uncle Ron. Kevin Kremen. John Thekinardi. The Big Lebowski. Greg Fika. Malcolm Williams. Jason Rose. Michael Abrahams. Ian Bacon. Ken Green. Nick Newland. And PDF. Thank you very much for listening. Always lovely to have your company stay with us. We will be back with a space after the Reading game. We're not going to do a preview on that. We'll just do the space afterwards. So join us for that. Until next time, look after yourselves and each other. See you later. You ones. You ones. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.